First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. Westside, when we ride, come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. We bust on bad boys, niggas fuck for life. Plus, Puffy trying to see me weak, hearts I rip. Ricky Smalls and Junior Mafia, some mock-ass bitches. We keep on coming while we running for your dudes. Steady gunning, keep on busting at the fools. You know the rules. Little Caesar, go ask your homie how I need you. Cut your young ass up, leave you in peace. Now be deceased. Little Kim, don't fuck around with real G's. Quick to snatch your ugly ass off the streets. So fuck peace. I let the niggas know it's all for life. Don't let the West Side ride the night. <laughs> Bad boy murdered on wax and kill. Fuck with me and get your caps peeled. You know. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Not A Real Veteran Podcast with your favorite Not Real Veterans, myself, Not Will Darty, and my co-host, whose name you shall find out soon. We have a wonderful show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about what's going on with the Oklahoma National Guard, which is a pretty hot topic right now, even though it's not getting as much media attention as I expected it to. Um, But this is huge. This is a test of federalism, not only federalism in general, but federalism within our military system and the way the National Guards function, which is freaking interesting. And I love that we're at this crossroads right now. And I love that both of the hosts of this show get to be in the state that's standing up for itself. So without further ado... Thanks for being here tonight. We've got a lot of cool things to talk about, but I can't do it by myself because nobody wants to hear me talk for that long. So please, my amazing co-host, Will Darty. Hey, what's up? Not much, Will. Braxton has a different name every show if you guys haven't noticed yet. He's a lot less consistent than I am about my name. But uh, it took me about five minutes of sitting there staring at the screen before I realized his name was Will Darty. And yes, Patricia, I apologize. I'm not streaming from my old internet. I have moved to a new house, and the crusty couch is gone. I'm really sorry, guys. You will probably never see the crusty couch again. So this is the new setup, and uh, I hope you can enjoy it. Well, how's it going, Rex? Man, it's going good. And yeah, the only people that are going to see the couch are the ones that win it from the raffle. That's true. If you would like to buy my couch and pick it up in Oklahoma City, please mm-hmm. let me know. We're paid to have I it will shipped. sell it. Oh, man, that's going to be a lot of money, bro. Uh, if yeah, you're but okay, the proceeds pay, are going to uh, go towards getting me to the uh, Tennessee uh, freaking convention. So uh, you never know. Or the Libertarian National Convention. 
Um, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. We will see. We will see. By the way, before we carry on, guys, check out this incredible bourbon glass made for me by the chair of the Oklahoma Libertarian Party, Bo Thuvanel himself. It's got the beautiful porcupine on one side and on the other side it says fuck, ar- fuck around and find out in cursive. No, that's that's not right, Braxton. But uh I have what's a question up? for you, Braxton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what's been, going on? I've been wondering how why are fire trucks red? All right, so hopefully and probably lots of people in the chat will already know this, but it's one like have you ever asked Siri to beatbox for you? I've never asked Siri to beatbox for me. Oh shoot. Well, dude, it, it's like a little Easter egg thing, but just recently I noticed that Siri changed her answer. So used to okay. several months ago, if you asked Siri why are fire trucks red, she would have told you that um, because they have eight wheels and four people can fit inside them. And eight plus four is 12. There's 12 inches in a foot. A foot's a ruler. Uh, Elizabeth the Great, or no, 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 just Queen Elizabeth was a ruler. And Queen Elizabeth was also a ship. And the ship sailed the seas. And there are fish in the seas. And the fish have fins. And the fins fought the Russians. And the Russians are red. And fire trucks are red because they're always rushing around. Wow. Okay. So now what if I ask Siri right now? Should we just test this? on the air well i can tell you she's she says i was a bit confused before because i was using circular circular logic um and logic comes from logic boards the chairman of the board is old blue eyes and that's a recessive trait and traders walk the plank aka a board and board children say are we there yet but we're not there yet because kids are goats and goats eat oats but little lambs eat ivy an IV is four. Four is the number of seasons there are in the circle of life. And if there's anything in life you don't want to go in circles, it's your logic and your fire trucks. And fire trucks are red because they use red paint, is what she says now. I kind of personally like the original one better, but uh, both are still something. I just want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. You legitimately memorized that. I mean, how many times did you have to ask Siri that to memorize it? Or did you screenshot it and just work on it? Definitely screenshot it. The second one, I'm still a little bit rusty because I can hardly say the word uh, circularly. Um, the first one was actually you, really you easy to memorize. Us. That was fantastic. Well, thanks, man. But yeah, huh. you can ask Siri well, if you don't you believe me. Well, you are a gentleman and a scholar. Um, you know what? Let's do I feel like we have to test this for everybody. Hey, Siri. She's being a hoe. Hold on. Uh, I don't know how to work Siri on my phone. Well, I would have hey, thought Siri. you were doing it, right? Hey, Siri. Siri's, Man, Siri's off the job today. Yeah, you'll have to mess with the settings. That's a little bit disappointing. But, but let's talk about what's going on in the world this week. And you're right, Patricia. Android does not have Siri. So, dude, this is this is crazy with the Oklahoma National Guard. So let me give you guys just kind of a rundown of how this happened. So the Oklahoma National Guard had an adjutant general um, a few weeks ago, I believe, who was supporting the vaccine mandate and said he would enforce it and he was for it and no big deal. And then Governor Stitt, uh, who's under a lot of pressure right now for other things, called him and said, you're fired. And he replaced him with a new adjutant general. Um, oh, really? What's his first name? 
Marcino, something Marcino. But um, yeah, let me just look it up real quick. But anyway, this guy says he will not be enforcing the vaccine mandates for the Oklahoma National Guard. So now the Pentagon is saying that one, if Oklahoma National Guard refuses to enforce this mandate, they're going to be delegitimized. So they will no longer be recognized as the Oklahoma National Guard. They'll just be defederalized, uh, um, which is sort of weird because that's, you know, you think that's what the National Guard is anyways. It it should be. It should be. They really shouldn't have any operational um, control from Washington, in my opinion. That's how I feel about it. But they will be a militia. Tyrannus Forficatus. Would be the idea. Tyrannus Forficatus. Now, it's interesting because Oklahoma actually does have a legal state defense force, which if you look that term up, state defense force, there's quite a few states who have that. Not all of them are activated, and I don't believe Oklahoma's is activated. Um, but most states already have a militia, or at least a lot of them, even separate from the National Guard, um, which is good because when the National Guard has operational control from the Pentagon, you want something else to be able to counter that to keep people free. Um, but if Oklahoma's National Guard was to be delegitimized and defederalized, That'd be a lot of cool shit. They got C-130s and lots of jets and lots of stuff. Yeah, I know, Michael, you missed it, but I moved in with my girlfriend and no more crusty couch. I'll have all my posters and shit up, hopefully by next week. But uh, it's it's a little sad. But, uh, I mean, I get to live with a girl, so totally worth it. But anyway, so this is crazy, dude. What do you think um, if Oklahoma's National Guard becomes a militia and becomes a state defense force, will you join? And... What do you think uh, about all this shit? Well, um, so as far as me joining, that's not up to me, sir. Um, might be. Yeah, it might be. If uh, if it was. Then, uh, <laughs> well, no, I meant like they, they probably wouldn't take me even if I wanted to. But uh, if it is up to me and they have, you know, very relaxed like PT standards, uniform standards, and sure, why not? Um, I wonder how much of it is posturing. Like, I really wonder how much of it is just posturing. Like, if uh, I really wonder. And then also, but going forward, I mean, that's great, dude. It's just going to be a beacon showing everybody how easy, um, even if not secession or actual divorce and separation would be, just what more independent states would look like, you know, maybe federalism or just it's a step in the right direction for sure. And I'm glad it's happening or I'm glad it might happen sooner rather than later. 100% dude. Um, yeah, we're dry out of my mouth. I haven't been this proud to be an Oklahoman in a long time. Um, I mean, we do, we have a lot of cool things. We have the best medical marijuana program in the country, which is a borderline recreational program. I mean, it's honestly a joke how easy it is to get a card. You can get a card if you're an out of stater just visiting. Um, so we really have that. We have constitutional carry. That's amazing. We've got low speed limits. We've got low cost of living. Um, there's still a lot of things to fix, especially in our criminal justice system. But Oklahoma is fucking awesome. But standing up to the federal government means more to me than all of those things put together. And I have such a such a liberty boner for this situation and for yeah, way to bring way to this. take wind out of our sails with that one. <laughs> That's a negative, not a pro. But what is Fort Sill? Oh, for still, yeah, true. Well, I mean, hey, that's cool though. Well, that's an interesting question too. So, if the Oklahoma National Guard becomes defederalized, like, do they still have access to our bases? Like, how is the, it's going to be a fight? And you're right; it probably that's is mostly posturing. It's probably going to be a standoff, a game of chicken. They're going to say, "We're going to delegitimize you. We're going to defederalize you." 
And hopefully our adjutant general and our governor stand up to him and say, do it, do it. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you they're going to make some kind of stupid compromise because it would it would hurt the PR of the federal government and the U.S. military way harder than it would ever hurt the PR of Oklahoma. In fact, it would just make us kind of look like a badass state who gets what it wants. So uh, I think I think they might do some threats, but they're not going to actually move forward with this because, I mean, that's that's the first crack in a really big system and they don't want any cracks in that system. They want everybody to believe that it's completely watertight, um, that it's completely, you know, that it's going to last for the rest of our lives and there's nobody who could ever threaten it. And so one state saying no is a huge deal. Um, I'm proud. So do you think Brax that, you know, what do you feel like as far as federalism, secession, the divorce, how do you feel like that applies to just our way forward as the liberty movement and in general? Hmm. Well, you know, like one of the best things about it, because this is, this is a huge can of worms. So I don't, you know, I literally don't have time to think about We're on air. that question. Let's, I know, let's I know, open I it. I, I can't think about how to answer the question. I just have to start with the first thing that comes to my mind. And I think one of the first things it'll do is show how, kind of cream rising to the top how good ideas are better than bureaucracy you know whenever you're dealing with like 50 states you have to make these like sweeping um just very wide rules i mean not even mandates just everything has to be cookie cutter one size fits all that ends up fitting almost nothing um if one state or all the states kind of secede you know the good ideas are going to rise to the top and all the needless bureaucracy just you know goes to the wayside sinks to the bottom uh pick any metaphor you want i'm fine with it you know just take my template and run with it um <laughs> so you got that that's very interesting i don't know you never watched the tv show jericho did you no i have never everything comes back in, in jericho i think the spoiler alert uh the United States ends up like, I think separating it, I think like four groups. You basically had a North, East, West and Texas. Um, <laughs> uh, because, you know, they have like a lot of their, their own, own power grid. They've got enough uh, military bases, you know, they do. All right. And then, you know, every, you know, free trade and commerce amongst the States. And, you know, honestly, that's, that's sort of my wet dream right now, politically. If, uh, you know, some people, you know, their like political aspirations or their political dream is like, okay, they want the igloo to happen or they want, um, you know, just like federally legal marijuana. They want, you know, some, my biggest want, my biggest wish is just if all the states were allowed to act kind of independently. I mean, I've been saying that for quite a while now, like, you know, if California wants to be communist let them have open borders, let them have free health care for everybody, let them have free college, let them do all that. That would be amazing. And then we'll go you know, bankrupt. Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, Arizona they might will. take the opposite approach. Arizona might, you know, tighten up their borders. They might do something completely opposite. And then you'll have a lot of states in between. And we can actually see what works instead of, you know, arguing about it. And, I, you know, that's really the entire, that's what our country was supposed to be. That's kind of the entire point. But uh, I think that would be pretty freaking awesome. And, you know, like I was, I was just thinking, you know, if we left the union, there are some states we would, you know, want to do business with, probably like Texas, Louisiana, Kansas. But there might be some states, uh, North Dakota, that we say absolutely not, you know, I bet, shut you know, off. Hypothetically, I think that we would probably do business with all of them as long as they're, they weren't charging us too much money. I think California, yeah. 
And, you know, more leftist leading states would probably be the ones that were harder to do business with because they're going to have higher entry level fees or higher entry fees and higher regulations and things like that, um, which is why truckers are having a hard time in California. I was thinking I was thinking about that. That's literally a thing. There are certain companies that exclusively like truck and ship through California and a lot of companies will completely avoid. Yeah, that's that's the first thing that came to my mind when he said that. I used to work, you know, in the transportation industry, of course, as you know, and a lot of truckers don't drive and take loads to and from California because it's a lot more expensive. Now, big companies, of course, they do. But mm-hmm. if they're owner operators and they're the ones actually paying those taxes and paying those entry fees and stuff, they're not going to do it as much. Um, but you're exactly right, dude. Real federalism, allowing each state, treating treating the United States government more like a treaty and less like an entity allows every state to do their own thing. We'll see which ideas work. We have 50 different um, experiment groups to see which ideas work and which ones fail. That's incredible. You know, we should be so grateful and embrace that. And instead, our federal government puts blankets on everything and tries to make everything sweeping. And what's also sad is that we've adapted to it to an extent that most av- the average American, when something terrible happens, they're like, well, what's, our, what's the U.S. government going to do about this? Man, you've got five governments between you and the U.S. government. Why don't you go to those entities that you actually have some real power in, some real influence over, you know, where you can actually get your freaking senator and state representative or, you know, city councilman on the phone. And why don't you solve those problems through those means instead? So we've adapted and changed our thought processes to to meet their oppression and tyranny. Which is absolutely insane. That's true, man. It's like if you uh, if you get shot or something and you don't remove the bullet and your body kind of just grows around the bullet, and you know it, whether you are blue pilled or red pilled as a, a person, the government kind of fails the litmus test on either way. Because you know, I I would seriously be surprised if Joe Biden could name two cities in Oklahoma. You know, he might know OKC and Tulsa. He might get Tulsa, but he might say Austin instead of Tulsa. Same with like Nancy <laughs> Pelosi. You know what I sure. mean? Like uh, our founding fathers, they thought it was pretty ridiculous that a central government could uh, know and also, you know, determine what was best for 13 colonies. They thought that, you know, idea was absurd. So 50 states is even more absurd. I, I seriously doubt uh, AOC, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, even, you know, could name two cities in Oklahoma. I'm sure they couldn't name three. They'd probably get Oklahoma City, but you're exactly right. It's completely absurd, and there's so many places to go with that. But I think one of them that I I hit on this point so much, and I I I googled this a long time ago, and I use it in so many arguments. But there are currently more voters in New York City than there were in the entire 13 colonies when the Constitution was ratified. So the system was not meant for 300 million people. It was not meant for 50 states. And if if you want to argue that it was then that's the point of the 10th Amendment, that those states actually have power over themselves. We certainly did not, and our founding fathers certainly did not intend for this to be a centralized government where Washington, D.C. was deciding what drugs people take in California and Texas and Oklahoma and Maryland and wherever you are. Um, so it's just absolutely insane, dude, that we've gone this far. But I like your analogy of the, the bullet, the, the flesh growing around the bullet, because I feel like that's really accurate. Um, but man, man, I'm that? sending you something, bro. Just FYI, I'm going to send you two things. Do you remember what I sent you on the Tenth Amendment? Um, a few, maybe a few weeks ago. How are you sending it to me? Oh, I texted it to you. Is there a better okay. way? I don't know. I don't care. Is it is it relevant for the show now? You want me to pull it up? Uh, I definitely want you to see it, and you can decide if you want to pull it up or not. I might have okay. lost the Tenth Amendment one, but uh, it was very interesting. I tell you that. 
Yeah, dude, it's insane. And what's crazy is like, you know, Jen Psaki made the comment just the other day about how we know that federal law overrides state law. It's the Tenth Amendment is very specific, and it says anything that's not, you know, specifically mentioned in the Constitution, any power not granted to the federal government belongs to the people and the states. And what that clearly means to anybody who has half a brain and isn't trying to oppress their neighbor is that states should be able to decide anything other than the basic powers that are given to the federal government. And it's been completely ignored by so many judges um, and so many tyrants over the last 240 years that um, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. It's only a piece of paper. It's only words that don't have any real meaning because nobody, nobody respects them. Um, And so that's where we are. And Braxton, you know, me, I'm definitely a, um, uh, I call myself a dissolutionist which is a word that I kind of made up. It's not, I didn't make the word up, but I apply it to America, but I really do believe in dissolving the federal government. I mean, look, I mean, look, I I, I don't care who knows that. Um, I'll stand by it and I'll argue for it, but our federal government is way too big, way too oppressive. There's nothing good we can salvage from them. And I think that it's time to break up into 50 states and let us handle ourselves. Um, Let me look at this. That's from the front page of Google uh, also, just so you have some reference. Now, this is <laughs> – Oh, goodness. That's a uh, – uh, uh. Most Google Thanksgiving recipes. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> it's, and then, yeah, just for people listening, the South, there's none. And they don't Google the, shit. No, and it's the meme of Kevin Hart looking in disbelief. But the, dude, check out the other one. I don't remember. Maybe it's not gone through yet. I haven't got it yet. Yeah. This one's specifically on the Tenth Amendment, and it's from the front page of Google. Um, basically, so we can start talking about it. Uh, it says that um, the interpretation from uh, the Constitution Center dot org um, emphasizes that the inclusion of a Bill of Rights does not change the fundamental character of the national government. Yeah, that's true. So. I mean, it's true to some extent. So here's here's how this argument works, because I've argued with this with so many people. So here's what he's talking about, guys. I'll hold that for a little while so you can read it. But the federal federal law still overrides state law, but only in the areas that the Constitution allows it to. It doesn't override state law in any other area. And that's what the Tenth Amendment says. The Tenth Amendment doesn't say that state laws all of a sudden supersedes federal law. It just says Federal law is only legitimate if it stays within these specific lines and boundaries. And federal law has not stayed within those boundaries since well before 1913, but at the very least since 1913. I was going to say it's so weird. I mean, you have like uh, thinking of maybe uh, polygamy. Um, You obviously have the marijuana. You have Second Amendment cases, uh, the Department of Education. You know, and there's a few um, cases scattered, like you probably remember in Montana, uh, they were being pretty cool uh, towards the ATF. I think it had to do with uh, suppressors there for a while. They said that they were good with suppressors, whether the ATF was or not, and that the sheriffs in Montana were not going to let the ATF enforce um, any, they were not going to enforce any restrictions on suppressors. Um, Oklahoma has that law in the works right now, by the way. Well, dude, so I mean, speaking of like, you know, I'm pretty happy with our constitutional carry, but I think calling it constitutional carry is a little bit of a joke. Touche. Uh, you but be able it's, to carry a machine gun or anything you want. Yeah. And if you're an, you know, illegal immigrant or a convicted felon, 
But, uh, you know, Texas just now got it. They're way behind as usual, and there's, you know, 40-something other states that don't have it at all. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, we're. I would rather live in Oklahoma right now than anywhere else in the country, to be honest. But uh, there's still stuff to work on. I would rather live in America than any other country in the world, and there's still a lot of shit to work on. So, um, you know, acknowledging that we have it better than everybody else does not mean that our problems become less of a problem. We still, Amen. We're the bastion of liberty. Amen and woman. We're the bastion of liberty, though, and we've got to we've got to be the ones to fight for it. So people in Taiwan and Hong Kong and everywhere else across the world know that they get to fight for it, too. Mm. Um, But anyway, dude, so I would I kind of I hope that we do get a state defense force. I hope that our National Guard gets delegitimized and defederalized. And honestly, if it was like a weekend warrior thing, dude, and they would take me, I might try to sign up. I would really Mm. enjoy that. I would love to be a part of something that historic. (laughs) Yeah, of course, man. And, you know, like Oklahoma does have a militia and, you know, they have a pretty I don't know about any other states. Obviously, I've not lived in any other states. I've lived in other countries, but never any other states. But, you know, Oklahoma National Guard is pretty active with the, uh, you know, severe weather that we have. True. Um, But and so is our militia. Uh, They do the exact same thing. They help clean up after uh, tornadoes and uh, just severe storms and stuff like that. So, yeah, I really do wonder how like a. um. I don't know. You thought of state Vermont. What does the Vermont National Guard do? It's uh, an excellent question. I'm sure they have snowstorms and blizzards and things true. like that that they true, help true, true. with. Um, Vermont is the armpit of New England. It's, it's is it? Vermont. Well, it's it's super interesting, dude, because Vermont and New Hampshire are like brothers, right? They mm-hmm. they're shaped the same way and they're partnered right next to each other. New Hampshire oh. is incredibly li- libertarian. Um, How do you usually, know that? Those are all the little states on the maps that they don't they can't even fit the names on them. They're way out in the <laughs> Atlantic Ocean. How do you know what they're shaped like? I follow the little line and I, I go out to that word and it, it connects you. Fantastic. All right, yeah. sorry man, keep going. No, you're cool. No, New Hampshire though is really cool, which has been weird, is moving there. That's why the Freak Safe project. Hey, is whoa, there. whoa, 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 whoa. Hush. Ixnay on the Ooving May. A B May. I didn't know it was a secret. Or perhaps pay e hey asn't hey old tay is hey isis may aukis k etc etc us j ilche okay copy that <laughs> um but anyway yeah so Vermont super leftist I mean that's Bernie Sanders state yes. right so they're they're very leftist they elected an independent socialist um they have very high taxes very leftist policies then you go to new hampshire and it's completely the opposite they're the most libertarian state in the entire country they've got no income tax um they i don't think they have like seatbelt and helmet laws if i read correctly pretty much every way they can be free they fight they fight to be free um they've got an extremely strong libertarian party their state affiliate is one of the largest and most active in the country um especially for their population size so they've got the Free State Project, which is basically an organization that tries to get people to move to New Hampshire to make it even more libertarian. Um, so New Hampshire's dope, but it's just so interesting live that they can be die. side by side. Live free or die is their state motto, exactly. But so interesting that they can be side by side, so close geographically, and have such different ideologies. Um, which is just another argument for federalism. It's you true, man. Like kind of like a uh, Cain and Abel. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I can't think of any like Game of Thrones references. Um, which is surprising. I keep, I want to, but I can't think of any. So that's weird. Yeah, me neither. But uh, shame on us. We got to rewatch it, I guess. Yes. But you uh, need to learn Pig Latin. I yeah. Uh, I a uday. But let's talk about let's talk about our plans to someday start a militia. 
And I hope you're watching this, FBI. So, Braxton, what would our militia look like? What's your dream? What's your dream of how to prepare people for um, um, survival? I want to be totally adequate, but not too flashy, still realistic. Um, with Jack and Gage, if we can keep Jack here, I think Jack misses Montana. But I think um, both of them are very gifted. Um, they're both very mechanically inclined. So um, everybody could have their own personal killdozer. Um, That's realistic. Dude, and I, I think it, it's kind of a popular thing right now. You could even call it a yuppie thing right now. But just our generation, a lot of people are turning towards homesteading which is probably a really great thing. Like how convenient, you know, right before we go through our second great depression and sure. uh, we rise from the ashes, you know, like a globalist nation. Uh, so that's pretty fortunate. I think a lot of us, we are somewhat capable of living off the land. I've been hunting like every day this month and I'm not gotten anything, but um but you know how to see hunt. where we're going with that. Yeah, uh, theoretically. You're also using a bow. Let's just explain to everybody in the audience that bow I'm, hunting and gun hunting are very, very different. I'm using a bow literally right off the interstate. There is a uh, commercial lot of land that is adjacent to where I work that is literally directly off of I-35, but I've seen deer there. Um, but, if, I mean, as far as the specific militia... Man, it's not really rocket science, especially with, I think, technology in every facet of life has, you know, helped like kind of the average person rise up to, you know, much greater standards. It's not uh, terribly hard to be as well equipped as most um, soldiers, whether they are National Guard or, um, you know, the real soldiers. Sure. Um, and I mean, same thing with, I mean, just everything, you know, the internet is the greatest equalizer. So, I mean, I think we could have an adequate militia and even if it wasn't a full militia, just a couple of our uh, closest friends, if there's 10 of us, 20 of us, 50 of us, uh, anywhere in there, what, what do you, how do you see, um, how do you see a militia? What do you, what specifics do you see since I'm not painting a very good word picture? No, I think you're doing a great job, dude. Um, I think you're exactly right. I think that it should be re small and realistic and really tight knit because otherwise it's going to get too big and there's going to be people who um, do something stupid within it and connect it to that organization and hurt the organization's you know reputation. Um, I would really like it if the Oklahoma Libertarian Party did one or two weekends a year where we met on somebody's land and we trained in basic tactical drills and we made sure everybody knew their way around a rifle, how to take it apart and clean it and how to load it properly and how to fire it and basic, basic riflery and marksmanship skills. If they can hit a target at 200 yards, then, then they're good enough. Um, I would like us to train in basic hand to hand combatives um, doing, you know, Brazilian jujitsu or just basic grappling, maybe some basic striking and stuff. Um, I would like us to learn those things, how to tactically march, you know, hand signs, things like that. Hey, you covered. lost me on the marching. Well, you know what I mean. But how to how to move as a group through the wilderness in a combat situation, um, how to find cover, how to, you know, fire as a unit, how to provide cover fire and, you know, everybody's roles in a combat team, which I know. Where really would you learn about. these skills? Yeah. That's where, where would you learn these skills? So hopefully we'd find some people who like if we could find some ex seals or some you know ex army infantry and have them come train us. 
find jujitsu instructors, combatives instructors, have them train us. Um, you know, find really excellent marksmanship coaches, have them train us. Like I want to, I want to set up, um, a basic training for libertarians so that everybody who is in this movement knows how to fight on a very basic level. And I think not, it's not the, to aggress. Uh, Go ahead. I mean, any, any training great, but I think it is the, the willingness, as long as someone as if you have people that are with you that are willing to take a stand, then, uh, that's a great step in the right direction that's that would be my basic requirements for like arming up with somebody just that i knew that they were um willing that that's true you, I mean, you can't ask for a whole lot more than that that's very true man but what would be really cool is if all those willing people were also extremely capable yes that is better and that is even, better but... not even extremely but just just basic level I was giving you a hard time and there would be some, uh, there would be some like really annoying stuff because just when we were talking about marksmanship training, like I think that somebody who is slightly competent on a rifle would probably be more annoying than someone who is like absolutely incompetent on a rifle. Um, but, uh, regardless, yeah, the more training, the better, but as long as people are willing to stand their ground and fight, that is, uh, that's the biggest part. Damn right, dude. You're exactly right though. I'm sorry to be sexist for a moment, but I've heard a lot of shooting instructors say that females tend to be a lot better shots than males. And what they always equate that to is basically men have a lot of pride going into shooting and training and they think they know everything already. And they want to, um, you know, prove that they know what they're doing and they're really insecure about having to learn things. Um, and women are just like, ah, teach me, please. I want to learn how to shoot. So I've heard from a lot of people that women tend to make better marksmen off the get go because of that, because they have that humility I don't see the connection between humility and, you know, putting rounds through a target, but um, I did see more than a few. The, the it, it, There is a disproportionate amount of females in the Air Force with the small arms marksmanship ribbon. Exactly, um, that, dude. That is a fact. That is a fact. So I, I mean, can tell I you that when, if I'm going to a shooting competition with a bunch of other people, I'm going to be prideful. It's going to be a problem. I'm not saying that it's going to, you know, affect my body and, and the way that I hold a rifle and the way that I breathe and stuff. I think I know the technique, but it's But it's that's there. a competition. That's not general marksmanship. That's high level. I mean, not even high level competition. That's competition. I thought we were talking about like <laughs> natural ability. Uh, Is that right, Jenny? It helps you shoulder it better. It's just kind of like an extra a little tightness. I like it. Oh, man, I want to pick up my rifle right now. But um, yeah, still. I think everybody's right, though, that the people who have the pride involved, regardless of what it is, are going to be a little annoying. But uh, if we can all come with a mindset of, hey, we're starting from a blank slate, we're all on an equal playing field, we just want to learn, I feel like that would be insanely valuable. Even as a national movement, man, like it'd be great if we could get the OKLP doing it because we have some influence. Um, I think some people might be a little hesitant because of the way that it appears, you know, from a PR standpoint. But if yep. we could get the whole movement doing that, um, damn, that would be incredible. Do you still IM Joe Bishop Henchman on a regular basis? Man, me and JBH are in each other's DMs every day. We are BFFs. I'm, I'm listening. I'm hearing all about Shadow, his Labrador, all about his husband. We're Tyus. No, I, I don't know. Oh, dude, speaking of, uh, today the second season of uh, Tiger King came out, dropped today, season two. I can't wait for that. Damn. Speaking of, yeah, plugging things, I might Oklahoma. have to wait. Oklahoma is on fire right now. Oh, shit, dude. I just realized we didn't do ad reads at all. <laughs> we'll do them at the end. Comfort52.com. There's no quitting Queter. <laughs> Let's just roll you know through what, You know what is in Thomas Queter? A bunch of Asian cuisine, I'm guessing. He looks like someone who enjoys 
Um, not just Chinese, but Indian, <laughs> Korean, Thai. Um, <laughs> man, I say it every time because if you don't know, you need to know that Tom is a truly gifted um, public servant. He's a truly gifted uh, policymaker. Um, I think his district and his state need him very badly. So vote for him if you can. If you can't, find a way to hack the mainframe. Agreed. You can submit a vote. But uh, you don't have to be able to vote for him to check out his website. Um, I actually set up a Discord channel. People go check out his website on on shifts uh, just for the extra traffic, just so he gets to the bump of numbers. <laughs> I'm sure. Get, send that link. And uh, yeah, this bet. is Crowned by Gold, book three of the Royal Green series. Um, please buy it. You can go to theroyalgreen.com. You can also find it on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. The Alaskan Raven is the Raven for you and me. <laughs> um, definitely hit up the Alaskan Raven. They've been on point with their memes. And I've uh, I've been told that they can also make memes for you. So if you're not following the Alaskan Raven on Facebook, you should be following the Alaskan Raven on Facebook. So true. So true. And Greasy Porcupine Mobile Auto Repair Service. You pay what you think they deserve, which is hopefully a lot. Look them up at greasyporcupines.org. And us, the most important ad, the Not A Real Libertarian Podcast Network with Liberty Luau on Monday nights, Not A Real News Broadcast Tuesdays, Not A Real Veteran Wednesdays, and Not A Real Libertarian tomorrow. So you can find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Twitter, Anchor, and... Dunder Mifflin is a part of Sabre. Spotify. That's a great song. Um, Okay. Damn, that was Speaking pretty, of batteries, what made you remember done. that? We were talking about your, oh, you were just trying to change the subject from your uh, close personal relationship with the former chair of the Libertarian Party. Ah, yeah. I could see that, man. Justin, thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah, me. I believe that they, they seem to naturally be better shots. I just don't see the connection between hubris and uh, looking through a scope or iron sights, but... Maybe that's part of the problem. A lot of a lot of marksmanship is calmness and being able to relax and you know um, breathe and just handle a firearm without any kind of intensity, essentially. And I feel like women are probably a lot more natural at being able to just you know chill and not respond so much. Um, men, I think, tend to get a little too intense about that kind of thing, and you can't. The gun's already plenty intense. You need to just relax and let it do its job. Um, oh, wow, Jenny, you get a raise. The greatest meme horror that has ever existed, because we did forget our websites. That is redemptiontactical.com. You can use this code. Please type it in, and uh, you will get a discount, and you will also let them know that our ads are working, which is probably debatable. But nonetheless, you can also find us on notarealpodcast.com where you can buy merch for our shows and uh, learn about us, the, your incredible hosts. So that's that. But uh, anyway, man. So any other interesting topics you have tonight? Interesting topics. I was just thinking we should have a marksmanship competition between Hillary Clinton and Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, <laughs> I don't know how we would facilitate that, but. I'm like sure she'll show up. Facilitate, but yes, yeah, she might That's show up. That's great. 
That was great. So I don't know. We were talking about it before the show a little bit, but what's super interesting, I'm kind of stealing not a real news broadcast territory here, but now the CDC is coming out and saying that there's been a rise in hospitalizations among people who are fully vaccinated but not boosted. So, you know, a week ago, if you were fully vaccinated, you were fine. All the hospitalizations are the unvaxxed people. But now vaccinated people are getting hospitalized. We need boosters. Um, what kind of sick hell is this, honestly? Like, no matter what, they're going to be asking you for something new. And it's going to be everybody else's responsibility to get the most um, modern vaccine shot, whatever it is. No matter, even though people are still getting fucking COVID either way. What is this? That sounds like some QAnon type shit, Tyrone. Yeah, Tyrone, would you post a link, bro? Because that is super interesting, but I would definitely like to see a link to where you're finding this information. Um, but anyway, so what do you think, Brax? Do you think this is going to be forever, man? Do you think we're going to have 10, 12 boosters? What is? I, I think it'll be forever until people, kind of like what Oklahoma is doing, say enough. Um, just because like we've talked about many, many, many times, and um, everybody who listens to that, Man, I can't remember the name of the podcast, but that one, uh, that comedian and fight commentator hosts it. His name's Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, he's got a podcast, and they uh, they brought up several times that in the United Kingdom, seven out of ten people, I think it's that di- have died from COVID, um, have are fully vaccinated. And but you know the thing is, like something, some crazy number, ninety percent of their population is vaccinated because they did not make it a political issue. They made it. Uh, free and easy for people to get the vaccine so basically everybody who's not allergic to um part of the basically anyone who's not allergic to some of the other ingredients in the vaccine have received the vaccine so the fact that seven out of ten people are dying that are fully vaccinated that's kind of just speaking to how many people are vaccinated just raw numbers exactly that's like that kind of statement you know correlation is not causation yes because you notice a pattern between things doesn't mean that's causing this um but it's still interesting because they still have a lot of deaths and a lot of cases of hospitalizations and it's i think the truth in this whole situation is that we can't completely stop covid and if we want to keep pumping, you know, artificial drugs into our veins and RNA, RNA yeah, mRNA, mm-hmm. mRNA vaccines and changing our genetic makeup for this, um, you know, I think that maybe it'll help a little bit. But at the end of the day, it seems like people are just going to have to get sick and get the natural immunity if they can. Um, if not, they're at that risk. But it's still there's to take. But, man, we've made a we've made a mountain out of a molehill. Uh, not to say that deaths are not a molehill. People have died from this, and that is heartbreaking. But for government, this is not their territory. This is absolutely not a place they belong, um, not something they should have ever involved themselves in. And in fact, I've said this a lot, but I feel like if somebody – if the government had completely stayed out of COVID, let's say they had not taken charge, they had just informed people, the media just informed people of exactly what was happening, it wouldn't be a right versus left issue. I bet you'd have a lot more conservatives and right-leaning people getting vaccinated and masking and all those kind of things, you know, because they would do it organically based on their own fear, not based on a political issue. Um, They made it a political issue. It's the biggest uh, Charlie Foxtrot of my lifetime. Like just the entire thing has been a cluster. Oh. Um, it, it, the entire thing's been a joke, and it's absolutely not been an honor or privilege to watch it happen. It's absolutely retarded. I think that you know a lot of it just has to do with the attitude. It's almost a Karen esque attitude. Um, people, 
it's sort of like with the outrage Olympics, it's sort of like a caring Olympics with the virtue signaling and all this other stuff. People want to be so COVID safe and they want the government to be so COVID safe. And uh, it's just gotten really, 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 really gross. And uh, yeah. so many people need to be told to shove off. Fuck yeah. And th- that's Something- how we get out of this situation. You're absolutely right, dude. We have to say that. Um, something that was really hilarious. I don't think I talked to you about this yesterday, surprisingly. But so I went to the Capitol rally on Monday. I took off work for it. I did talk to you about it a little bit. Maybe I told you this. Um, but it was a anti-vaccine mandate rally at our state Capitol. And there was hundreds of people there. It was massive. Um, but then one thing we did afterwards is everybody split into groups based on their Senate and State House district. And we went to the offices of our representatives and senators and we talked to them and, and voiced our stories and our beliefs and what we thought they should do and why we think that these vaccine mandates are bullshit and Oklahoma should stand up to it. Um, so what was super interesting, dude, is I didn't realize this, but in the Oklahoma State Capitol, the representatives and senators are divided by their party. So there's like a Democratic hallway and then a Republican hallway. And I'm sure there's some like overlap where maybe logistics didn't quite perfectly work out. But for the majority of it, it's separated. So you go into the Republican hallway. Doors are all open. Senators and congressmen or representatives are out talking to people. People are walking in, leaving freely. You go to the Democrat hallway. Every single door is shut. And on every single door is a sign that says mask required to enter by appointment only. Um, Just a completely different environment. It's basically like we're living two different realities right now. Um, you've got half the people who are just living normally, and then the other half or 30%, if we're talking about Oklahoma, who are doing exactly what you're saying, virtue signaling. Oh, who can be the safest? Oh, who can care the most about this shit? Um, and it was insane to see that just in such a vivid uh, you know, personification. Or No, that's the wrong word. Um, I don't know, display, to see that displayed so vividly. And accurately. Sure. What are you looking up? Absolutely nothing. Oh, repeat my curiosity. Um, yeah, well, but I was. You are the executive. No, 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 no. Scratch that. You are the legislative at large, also mm-hmm. known as the legislative director for the Libertarian Party. So, did you uh, get to go to the front of the line? You'd think I would, but no, I waited in the back like everybody else. I, I got, got to meet with one representative. Had a really great chat with her. Um, I got to go by my state senator's office and my state representative's office and another representative office who was kind of nearby. Um, Bro, bro, I don't think you should say that. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, that's a quote. Um, Anyways, go ahead. Okay. Well, um, nonetheless... Uh, anyway, so yeah, I forgot what I was talking about. I, I, it was a good experience, but, um, yeah, Oklahoma is kicking ass lately. Um, hopefully our national guard will stand up to the federal government because this is a huge opportunity for federalism, a huge opportunity for states' rights, um, and state powers over the federal government. But we are kind of getting near our time to wrap this baby up. See, I, I, you want to talk about? Yeah, I didn't realize that. I would comment as like every single entity. Um, I thought I was commenting to all um, someone. I think Patricia mentioned that uh, Alex Jones uh, lost his, uh, he's liable for defamation, defamation. She did mention that. And I uh, read and that, but I don't know enough about it to comment on it. Do you know me, about it? 
ish um the families of the sandy hook vent victims can sue him for uh defamation uh so let's see if it actually goes through because obviously that's a really interesting precedent there for a while he was a sandy hook denier which right. if you didn't know that that's a thing that is apparently a thing and uh uh but yeah he can be held criminally liable for that so that's very interesting that's freaking well, stupid well, but it's the same as you can uh, technically. It's not been done yet, but what the Supreme Court said, you can sue a gun manufacturer if their uh, guns are used, like in a school shooting or something. I like don't that. think that they said that. They they fought the case out, but I don't think that that case was ever solved in that regard. I don't think that it came out with that decision. I think it did, but I think it was like nobody nobody has. Yeah, maybe look that up. But uh, interesting stuff. And I don't know what Jenny. Uh, Jenny was accepting responsibility for something, and I'm not sure what it was. So Biden called for it in April. Um, there's a law that protects them. So, so far, no. This so, is so, pre-April. So far, no. This is, I see stuff in August. Trust me, from what I just Googled, I would find it if it was accurate. It, they tried to do it. They haven't succeeded in that yet. So, so far, gun manufacturers are still safe. Um, if that ever changes, we're getting the militia together real quick. Um, anything else? Um, not that I can think of, man. We've got uh, good stuff tomorrow night on Not a Real Libertarian at 6 p.m. What is um, it? We've What's got it going to be? Brit. What is his name again? Hold on. Brit Salt. We've got Brit Salt. So tune in for that. That is our guest. The um, Brit Salt? The Brit Salt. What are you going to be talking uh, about? Probably this shit. Probably Kyle Rittenhouse's verdict, honestly. Because, guys, tune in. That'll hopefully happen tomorrow. <coughs> Man, I keep seeing liberals and left liberals. I should not use that word to describe them. That word describes us. I keep seeing leftists talk about how um, they're going to burn Kenosha and how it should burn and blah, blah, blah. It's insane. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. But guys, follow the Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus if you don't already. If you're watching from the Vet Caucus page, please follow the Not A Real Libertarian podcast. There's always great stuff happening here four days a week that we've provided for you. And um, I want to start live streaming Clash Royale on Fridays. Dude, maybe dude, that'd be random. awesome. Yeah, go to like NatalieBruno.com, by the way, and donate to her campaign. But uh, all right, bro. Anything else you got? Any plugs? Um, nope. All good. All right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being here and listen to our rants as always. And uh, we will see you next time on Not A Real Veteran.